Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Hank Azaria to talk all about his latest movie, Out of the Blue. Um, you know, and, and kind of diving into your character and the way that we meet him is very much in the ecosystem of his job as a parole officer with the with the main character, Connor. Um, and I was interested in how, how much of a deep dive it was useful or helpful for you to do in terms of that profession, but also a lot of the personality, you know, and emotional archetypes that, that tend to come with that, because we see a lot of that reflected in your character even from that very first scene yeah i mean i'll admit i did no i i spent no time with any parole officers i did not do that heavy research on this i talked to neil labute the filmmaker um uh about what he felt was important to know professionally about this guy but um i i've known a lot of social workers in my life and felt it was really similar and also and someone who um I've been in recovery for a long time, so I have a lot of sponsees, and I'm very familiar with that. What that relationship is like, where you're trying to mentor somebody who is on the edge, and that kind of avuncular, fatherly, older brother, uh, tough love relationship is one I am all too familiar. Both ends of which I'm very familiar with, and I thought I brought that to bear. I think more than anything else. I think that that's really great, you know, and, and, and speaking of Neil's writing as well, you know, the, the language of your character and even just looking at the way that he uses expletives. And then when he feels antagonized by a stranger, he it's almost goading him into doing it more. Um, there's almost a pride in it. And I was interested in when you looked at the language of the dialogue, how that gave you an initial insight into elements of this character as well. Having worked with Neil once before, I know that he chooses his words really carefully uh, in the tradition of Mamet and Aaron Sorkin and a lot of other wonderful playwrights and American playwrights and English playwrights. And um, that, you know, you want to try to learn his words exactly as he's laid them down. That said, he's aware that film, you need a certain amount of spontaneity at times. So he lets a little bit of looseness here and there, especially when it's tied to heavy action. Um, or, or high emotion go on. But um, yeah, you know, Neil's one of those writers that if you really just pay attention to exactly how it's written, it most of it is unlocked for you off the page. Yeah. And you mentioned there, obviously, having worked with Neil before, um, you know, and it always sounds like he's a director that has a very clear vision and a specificity in terms of the coverage that he wants, the shots that he wants, and how he visually wants to frame his stories in in this always kind of very intimate way. And so was that kind of similar to the the dialogue as well in that, you know, you kind of had a very specific idea of what he was coming in and what he wanted to shoot with you, but also that there was that freedom for things on the day? Yes. I mean, Neil... Off the page, you know, he you know that he knows exactly what he wants. And then he was definitely one of those directors where you walk onto the set and he tells you, I'm seeing this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. And it pretty much is the way it's going to go. And then, of course, he's free to change his mind as we go. And then um, if you really feel something's awkward, meaning the actor, if you feel something doesn't quite work or you have an idea, he's totally open to switching thing, things around, which we did a little bit. He and Ray did a lot of that because there was so much to get inside of Connor's mind and heart about. Um, and a job like this, I really feel like I'm there to support what you know Neil and Ray are doing. I mean, it's kind of their, really their, uh, they're driving the thing and I'm there to kind of find my way in and see how I can support it. 
thus the term supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and speaking of Ray Nicholson, who's playing Connor as well, um, you know, we kind of get little inklings of, of what that dynamic has been up until the point where we meet them in the film. It seems like Connor's been, you know, on, on parole for about six months. And, you know, was it helpful to kind of talk to Neil or think about that development of that relationship, what those weekly meetings would look like a lot of the time, because obviously the first time that we see them together is very antagonistic, but then we do see in other iterations in the film that there really is kind of a, you know, your character really does want him to succeed and there is kind of a deep-seated care there at the same time. Yeah, I was surprised by, well, two things. One is, again, Neil... So all a lot of it comes off the page. You know, his writing is so specific and meticulous that it's pretty clear what he's going for. And anything you're not sure of, you ask him. I, I didn't really have too many questions. I was surprised as the story went on off the page how supportive um, my character really was of, uh, uh, of, uh, of Ray, of Ray's character, of Connor. At first, it seems like he's kind of over the kid. He thinks he's just a waste of life and uh, a ne'er-do-well and kind of dime a dozen. And then you see that he actually has a lot of affection for the kid and is really pulling for him. And um, it's tough love that he's trying to, trying to, to, to enact there. Um, and um, I'm always, I really, instead of trying to analyze and figure out the relationship or what's the right way to play this moment or that moment. I've learned over the years, uh, Mara, that uh, offering, I see my job as offering a, a director and editor choices. I want to offer choices in the editing room. So I did, on some takes, I took a real hard line with the kid. On some takes, I was real loving. On some takes, I couldn't care less. On some, I was um, kind of uh, emotional. Uh, drawn into the kid's story. And instead of deciding what's the right way to play it, you know, Neil's a playwright. So if we had six weeks to rehearse all this, we'd play with it in rehearsal and decide. But, you know, I have found on film, you don't have that kind of time. The rehearsal can take place on camera in the form of different takes you're offering. And then they can choose in the editing room uh, which performance they want to craft. And I, I let Neil know that that's how I like to work. And he, he enjoyed it. And we, we had fun playing with, you know, different uh, versions of things. And Neil would always make clear, I really want to make sure we have an angry version here or we have a sympathetic version here. But other than that, I, even then I was still say, well, let me give you another one too. You, you never know. You might, you might change your mind as you're cutting it together. So I haven't seen the film yet. I'm curious to see what he picked where, you know. Um, you never know till you see the final thing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, and I think that's really great. And and within that idea of of trying different things, you know, one of one of the early moments between the two of them is kind of seeing your character, you know, not exert obvious aggression, but he physically grabs Connor's hands and squeezes them really hard and is kind of like passing a message with that. Was that a moment that was in the script and very clear on how to play it? Or was that one of those moments where you kind of tried a few different versions of what that exertion of power and authority looked like? Yes, to both. It was absolutely written in the script to be a moment where he grabs the kid's hands kind of too hard. Yeah. And but there's four different ways to do that. You do that real angrily. You could do it kind of laughing, like it's a big joke. You're playing and they're hurting him. You could do it sort of 
I know this hurts, but I'm doing this for your own good. And you can do it with absolutely no feeling at all, you know, and I tried each one of those and I'm very curious to see which version ended up in there. I mean, it's, it's interesting too, because even just that action kind of goes to show that your character has like a, a moral compass. And obviously one of the things that the film is exploring with all of these characters is the fact that that, you know, isn't a linear thing and it's it's not a stagnant thing. It moves and, and ebbs and flows based on different situations. And um, with your character, you know, there's obviously parameters in what he's supposed to do with his job. And, and I'm sure that's that's obviously not one of the things. And so did you view him as someone who has a little bit of moral complexity and, and that there was a little bit of gray area to play with in terms of where he views the lines at different points? Yeah, I mean, I think he's good at what he does because he, he's a parole officer who can think like a criminal. It's why you can tell that Ray's up to something is I think he he probably is. I got the feeling he was the kind of kid who was a juvenile delinquent and in trouble all the time and then found the right side of the law. And it was either like a lot of cops, they either became cops or they became criminals. Um, and uh, I think that his uh, kind of big brother, he knows what works. And with a kid like Ray, um, it's a real visceral uh, getting in his face that's outside of protocol or the rule book or how it's supposed to go that's that's going to work. What's going to work is connection with another human being, however he can make it. And he, he sees that Ray's worth it, and he tries however he can to get in there, whether it's scaring him, getting angry at him, being loving towards him, um, indifferent towards him, uh, whatever's going to connect him to to... To Ray, and he, when he says he likes, when I when he says to Ray at one point, I like you, you know, I really like you. I don't want you to screw up. When I first read that, I thought he was just being um, insincere, but actually, I realized as I read along, he actually does like this kid and he's invested in him making it. Yeah, absolutely. Like the later scenes definitely kind of give even more of that dynamic. So we definitely believe it, you know, and I, I think it's really interesting what you're saying about his background and kind of where you viewed him coming into law enforcement, um, because it feels like he's also someone who kind of has a, a, an internal need for people to respect him, whatever that level of authority is. And he has some authority over a select few group of people, you know, so even that moment where Connor calls him sir, and he's like, at first it's a joke and he's like, I like it. But then when Connor does it again, he's like, no, 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 I really like this. Like, this is this is good for me. This works for me. And so where do you think that that kind of deep seated needed for people to respect him, you know, even though it's kind of a very specific and, and somewhat minimal authority over only a few people? I think that's actually more knowing that what this kid needs is a military level of compliance. Hmm. This kid needs somebody to come in and drill sergeant and go, look, idiot, if you don't straighten up, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I look at it more as the same way a drill sergeant might command that kind of respect. And I don't know if it's even still in the movie, but when the people in the diner start messing with him and he turns it into a, a confrontation, I think that's really more... I think he doesn't like taking crap off of anyone, but more importantly, he knows that if he can't let this kid see him, anybody get the better of him. He's got to show him that um, uh, he's not going to take shit from him or anybody else. And that what he's selling is worth buying that, you know, that following him and respecting him and calling him sir, can lead to a life of productivity and and 
um, and respect and, and uh, um, can work. So he's hyper aware that um, who he is, who Jock is as a person, this kid's paying attention. And if there's any chance of becoming a father figure or big brother, he's got to respect him. You know, because you were saying before, obviously your character is there in support of, of Ray's character, Connor, and the two of you get to have kind of like a whole slew of really great scenes in different spaces. Was there a real benefit to working on a film like this and, and very much it being about that that one-on-one -on -one dynamic that you're playing with Ray because you really get an opportunity, even though it's a fast shoot and, and only a handful of scenes to like really build something up with him? And what was that dynamic with the two of you and coming up with a lot of those different versions that you wanted to try? You know, when you need a lot of shorthand uh, working like this because you don't have a lot of time uh, to get together. And I have found over the years that really anything can work if you can meet somebody and not particularly like them, but then that becomes an interesting dynamic that you start to play off of. It just so happens that I really uh, instantly liked Ray very much and found him fascinating and really smart and kind of was... Um, I knew I know his dad a little bit uh, from years and years ago. Uh, I got to hang around the set of as good as it's get as good as it gets quite a lot, which which Jack won an Oscar for, and got to know Jack not intimately well, but well enough to to say I was friendly with him for a time, and um, was really fascinated to see um, uh, Jack's son, and uh, and and Ray looks a lot like him, and. Um, uh, looks like a young, like a Jack from Chinatown in many ways. That kind of held me fascinated for a while. And then seeing Ray as his own person and as a real artist and a, as a tremendous fan of film too. We really bonded over, I mean, the kid knows his stuff on, on film and he and Neil were going back and forth with all kinds of films they had watched in preparation for this movie. And, uh, so I found myself genuinely rooting for him as an up and coming movie star and person. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and that, so that was easy to trans, it's hard to fake that, that was easy to translate into the, yeah. our relationship. Were there any movies that you ended up watching in preparation for this or it wasn't as relevant with the character and the role that you were coming into play? Well, all those old, you know, the Postman, the Postman only rings twice came to mind, especially. Uh, that's something that Ray's dad did the remake of with Jessica Lange and, and the old film was a classic about, you know, murdering of a husband, Body Heat, another one. Um, it was fun. I, 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 I could tell that Neil was having fun uh, dusting off a, you know, an old trope, movie trope of the femme fatale and the, the, the unsuspecting young man uh, plotting to kill the husband that they used to do a lot in movies. Hitchcock did and so, um, and it was fun to to revisit, uh, do a modern version of that. Yeah. yeah, there used to be a lot more dead husbands in film. <laughs> yeah, now you find them more in Dateline um, <laughs> in reality shows, unfortunately. But, uh, and was, was there a shift for you, you know, once you were filming those later scenes? Because you were saying earlier how when you first read the script that those scenes kind of really surprised you after reading that first moment where it's more antagonistic for your character in the way that he's building that, that trust in that relationship. And so was there, was there a shift for you in kind of how you saw the character once you were playing those later scenes and playing a very different dynamic where it does lean into more of that kind of mentorship and like fatherly element that you were talking about before? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, everything, those versions that I talked about were all colored by, you know, a, an angry, more aggressive take more was coming from the place of, you know, a father and uncle or a big brother trying to get somebody cares about to do the right thing, as opposed to somebody who's just disgusted with some low life that he has to deal with. Although that crept in sometimes too. Um, there's a guy who's professional. I mean, part the same way that a doctor can't get emotionally attached to every one of these patients, a, a social worker or a parole officer can't, he can't really, he shouldn't professionally let you want, it's that fine line you want to care but you don't want to fall in to some kind of codependent relationship with all these folks or you're going to go bananas so but i think part of what was interesting is he is he let this kid in more than he would most he probably now that i'm talking to you i didn't even think about this but he probably sees a lot of saw a lot of himself in this young guy there probably was at some point in his life where he was on that line and somebody older and wiser and tougher came in and, and scared him straight. And he's trying to pass that along. Yeah. You know, and this is talking a little bit about spoiler territory towards the end of the film, but you know, your character is right there when Connor is being confronted with, okay, we know what you did. And, and the fact that your character has convinced the local police enforcement to be able to show up, he wants to be the person to be able to talk to him and, and to try and deal with the situation in the best way he can. And, you know, in essence, watches him get shot in front of him. And so how did you want to go into a scene like that with what you were just saying that, you know, it's almost he's let this kid in more than he even probably realized up until that point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a son. It's easy to sort of imagine what if my son were at this circumstance, you'd be jumping out of your skin um, to try to put yourself in between a bullet and that person. Um, and those were so action oriented, those scenes that it, they're more visceral, you know, it, it's not so much about, well, what am I playing here? It's about Jesus, try to keep somebody alive here. Um, do whatever you can. Um, and I was going to say something, uh, that relates to this, uh, about this kind of relationship. Oh, with my son or with sponsees or with men mentees, uh, I've been dealing with this a lot lately in my actual life, you know, as a parent, which is the easiest way to think about it, you know, the answer and you know what the right thing to do is and to watch your child make mistakes and have to learn the hard way is really hard really hard and you would spare them the pain but some lessons are only learned by making mistakes and going through difficult consequences you just hope that those consequences aren't permanent you know don't kill your child or somebody else don't permanently damage them don't or stuff they'll have to pay for the rest of their lives and and that's where the kind of the nail biting comes in and that's certainly the case in this i mean it's pretty much life or death for connor and you'd like to keep him alive to you know fight another day if possible you know, and it sounds like with the experience of making this film that there were a lot of really great elements, like in the way that you're talking about working with Ray, kind of working with Neil again and having that that shorthand that already existed. But alongside that, what were some of the challenging elements of coming into this character or coming into this project for you? It's with so many words, so Neil, right, you know, he writes like a playwright. So it was so many words that navigating, it, it was an actor challenge of making all of that come out quickly and yet with meaning and and uh feel conversational and yet emotionally charged at the same time um 
And, uh, but I have to say it was, this was a pretty easy one. The, the, the flow was really good on set. I love doing what I do. I feel so uh, fortunate and grateful to do things like this, come in and somebody's vision of a, of a great script and a, a kid like Ray coming into his own and, you know, playing on that level. And, you know, my dad used to see me at work sometimes and go, beats working, doesn't it, son? And, and he was right, it, you know, I'd rather be doing this than, than anything else. And so it was fun. <laughs> I, I love that, that sentiment from your dad as well. And, you know, congratulations on everything with the film. So glad it was such a wonderful experience. And thank you so much, Hank. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Mara. Appreciate it.